Hi. Can I help you? Yeah, can I have a dozen red roses, please? Oh, hi, Johnny. I didn't know it was you. Here you go. That's me. How much is it? It'll be $18. Here you go. Keep the change. Hi, doggy. You're my favorite customer. Thanks a lot. Bye. Bye-bye. Hello, people. Hello, world. Welcome to our first cast, which I believe is tentatively titled The Film Room. And this episode is entitled Enter the Room. Yes. Or why the hell didn't we think of this sooner? Yes, exactly. Because that is a good question. Why have we not been casting sooner? Yeah, because we talk about film all the damn time. Yeah, there's there are conversations being wasted, people. We are just finally soaking it up, finally taking it all in. Yeah, but we uh, watched the Ugliovs movie and actually recorded it, and actually um, recorded our chat. Yeah. And that was just that. That was a movie that uh, I just we we were both in awe of it. We don't recommend it though. Mm -mm. Yeah. No, avoid it if you can. It, it is it is not a bad movie that is an experience worth having. But uh, I suppose mm -hmm. this would be a good time to, since we are doing this as the first cast, to introduce ourselves. Mm -hmm. uh, I am Albert. I'm Austin. And uh, we are, we are both, we're both veterans of other podcasts, but we finally decided to combine forces and click in, and so here we go. This, this is our first one. So I suppose, I, so I suppose the best thing we should do is just get started with the, the topic of the day. I don't see any reason to fart around any longer on it. And of course, we'll be discussing The Room. The Room. The Room. The Room. A uh, the, the the director Thomas Wiseau. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. He goes by Tommy because Thomas. he is apparently because he's apparently nine uh, in his mind. But apparently Thomas Wiseau believes he is. Uh, apparently he thinks he's nine, so he goes by Tommy. Yes, like Tommy boy. But Tommy boy. Yes, Tommy. <laughs> Tommy Wiseau. He has said that the title means that it's like a metaphorical place, a happy place. You know, the place of the mind. Which makes Which, the movie very ironic. Since it's a profoundly not very happy movie. No. But it does make you feel happy watching it. <laughs> In a very twisted way, yes. Uh, the Room, for people who are unaware, is pretty much widely considered one of the worst films of all time. Yes. It's, it's a cult bad movie. It was made exactly ten years ago this year. That is true, that is true. In fact, in fact uh, I believe there's going to be a Blu-ray 10-year anniversary disc. Oh, I hope so. I'm all over that. We should probably talk about our history with discovering the film. That's uh, what I was thinking, too, so I'll um, let you go first. All right. I first, I first heard about it on Kevin Smith's cast a long time ago. You know, he was talking about hanging out with Tommy Wiseau and the fact that uh, he made this movie called The Room, and it's you know he it, he's had a billboard up for it in Los Angeles for years. I'm not sure if it's currently still there. Then about three years later, uh, Adult Swim aired it for their April Fool's Day. I got to see it, uh, heavily edited, but still funny. Oh yes, it has to be. And it instantly uh, captivated me. 
Like I the the next day I I went to Amazon straight away and bought it. Like I have to see this movie in full, unedited, and uh, I I have to own this movie and watch it and learn it. I, and you do have to learn it. Yes, I can't even explain the compulsion. It's just, oh my god. <laughs> it is. It is. It is. It is outsider art. For me, it was an AV Club article. Hmm. Uh, it was an AV Club article on it, and I just thought to myself, this sounds interesting. Uh, then I watched the Riff Tracks edition, mm. uh, which we will be referencing extensively on this. Um, oh, yes. It's in our here's blood. A, here's a rule of thumb. If there's a movie, it's not a movie, and it's not a movie we like, we're going to reference the Riff Tracks edition. Oh, yes. I've only seen one of the Twilight movies unriffed once. <laughs> And that was the subject of a review that I wrote. That's one of my favorites. And when we do our Twilight cast, I'll talk more about that. And there will be one down the road, just oh, yes. not immediate. Oh, yes. It will happen sometime after uh, they release the... Um, I think Breaking Dawn Part 2 has just been released, and Mike, Mike has said, Hmm, Breaking Dawn Part 2 is released. I think we should riff it. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's... Of course uh, you can riff it. March 14th is the date they've set for the riff on that one. Oh, sweet. I will, I'll be there with bated breath, but, um, I mean, let's just, I mean, for me, I, I watched the riff tracks of it, and I immediately fell in love with it. I've seen it unriffed, but that's mm -hmm. not true. I've seen it un, you know, them riffing it. When right. I watched it, we were all riffing it. Um, right. Because you, you do it. You, you talk back to them. It is an, it's an experience. Exactly. You just you just shut things one, at the movie. You have to. You just you have to. You, you're you're confused by it. You're you're weirded out by it. You're you're just you don't even know what to make of it. I, I was recommending this movie to a friend last night, and I was just it's one of the things I I guess I forgot is that you know her conversation, uh, Lisa's conversation with her mother. I got the test results back. I definitely have breast cancer. Everything goes wrong at once. Nobody wants to help me, and I'm dying. You're not dying, Mom. I got the results of the test back. I definitely have breast cancer. Look, don't worry about it. Everything will be fine. They're curing lots of people every day. I'm sure I'll be all right. Oh, I heard Edward is talking about me. I forgot just how casual she drops that in. Yeah. Which has actually led to, like, I mean, I've read theories about, okay, she's a drama queen, and they know not to take that seriously. Yeah. But it's like, oh, that's not given in the movie. Then again, nothing is given in the movie. So oh. I suppose before we go too deep into the movie, we have to describe the plot. Yes, yes. And this would normally be a place where I would give a lengthy description. <laughs> Hell if I know. Yeah, exactly. It's kind of... the. He's, he's... Engaged. Things happen. <laughs> Things happen. That's pretty much it. He's engaged to this girl, and then, and then there's a sex scene, yeah. and then she cheats on him for some reason, but I guess she, like, she's bored yeah, with, with him. Yeah, his best friend. Yeah, his, his best friend. That's right. Um, cheats on him and, for his best friend. And so he's... And it does this. It repeats. Yeah. It's like it's like a loop. 
and it just kind of uh, each time the loop goes yeah. around, it just gets worse. And I don't know. <laughs> That's pretty much it. That's all you can say, really. Oh, and there's something about yeah drug dealers. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, it just it keeps the the entire movie is just sort of this things happen in it. Uh, the, the scenes there's no accumulation, nothing builds in it. Mm-mm. There, it does all build to a third act against mm-hmm. all odds. Yeah, but but even that's completely tone deaf. Yeah, I mean, I guess what he's going for is her lies kind of build upon themselves, but that's not really. They don't build. No, they they really don't. They're just kind of there. And and it it all leads to just I mean I don't know it's because we're you may notice that we're really stuttering and stumbling here because mm-hmm. how do you describe it <laughs> you don't it's it's an experience it's not really a uh you can't talk about this movie like you talk about other movies no you can't even bad ones it's baffling no. it's baffling and captivating at the Bingo. same time. <laughs> It's captivating. It's a deeply captivating film because while we're making it sound not particularly interesting, the key is that every one of those individual scenes is fascinating. <laughs> not to mention funny. Oh, they're funny. They're hilarious. Holy crap, is it a funny film? It is a very funny film. It is completely unintentionally hilarious. But you know, it's funny. What's even funnier is that Wiseau kind of picked up... I think that character... The thing about that character is, I think that is Tommy Wiseau. He's not acting in that. He's well, not... that gets. I'm glad you brought that up because that's the thing that makes the film so gripping uh-huh. is Wiseau's character. <laughs> His quote unquote character. He, I've read interviews of the man, and he is very definitely out of his mind. He is. <laughs> I'd like to know, and I'm sure a lot of people would like to know, what is the significance of the spoons? Uh, let me ask you a question. Okay. Before I answer your question. Okay, what do you have first? What kind of spoon did you have? Plastic or what kind? What what kind of spoon? I did you have? I you know kind of stuck to the traditional silver spoons. I grew up with a silver spoon. Okay, right what, what, what before silver? What was? Um, I don't do plastic, so I'd have to go back way back. I'd have to say wooden spoons. That's correct. The wood spoon. Okay, we never rehearsed this, but you know about it. Now, in today's society, if you look at plastic spoon, look at how far we go, but at the same time, the symbolism to respond to your question is, plastic is very harmful for your, for your, for, for your body. But at the same time, if you look at the plastic, what we made in America, let's say 10 years ago, compared to today, two different things. That's right. Today, you, you can eat from plastic spoon, and you will not get a, a certain allergy, for example. I'm familiar with that. Why I'm familiar? Because I studied this. As you know, I studied psychology. Oh, I was just going to say that. <laughs> so, so it's, again, this is symbolism, also survival as well. Think about it, what, what we can do, how we can improve. It's, it's, again, this is one of our tiny little thing in the room where people can connect together. And if you, can, you can ask me other questions. It will be the same thing. We can, we can write a book about it. You know what I'm saying? Um, I don't know if you're familiar with uh, Doug Walker, the nostalgia critic. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, whose stuff I love. I'm a huge fan. He did a review of The Room, which is 
incredible. I do recommend people look it up. Mainly because it's one of those things, I actually recommend people look up any review they can because, because you're never going to see two that are, that are exactly alike. The movie is, it does that, you know? Mm-hmm. So he he did this review of the film where he actually, at the end of it, recommended the film. He <laughs> said, this is such a bizarre, unique experience that you need to see it. And why so is people sued him. Mm. Except he noted, except it's been noticed from people who've gotten legal threats from him that his intermediary who sues talks in the same weird English that he does in email messages. Oh. <laughs> so there's a high likelihood he's posing as an intermediary with people. Uh, oh my god. Yeah, do you not know that? No, yeah. I didn't know he tried to sue someone for giving it a bad review. Which it's I a... don't think is legal. No, the argument was that he used clips of the movie in there, which the fair use doctrine says you can do. Yes, if you're if you're criticizing it, you can totally do that. And again, he recommended the movie at the end of it. That's the hell of it. Yeah. <laughs> he told people, go out and see it. It's so bizarre. And it's, but you're not going to forget it. Dude, it's going to give you money for, I gave, I gave him money for this film and I do not regret it. No, I have friends who have. Uh, there's talk of doing it in 3D. I'll go see it. <laughs> there's a stage play version. I would love to see it. There's talk of a novelization. I would love to get these things. I forgot I'll... about the 3D version. I'm totally there. <laughs> and we're going to get to that in a, mo- uh, in a bit. I want to come back to that, but I want to get Man. back to why so, because he is one of the most unique figures you're ever going to see on the screen, and I loved it. Mm-hmm. I just positively loved his character. And uh, I think for the edit, I will drop in clips from the movie because it's... Please do. Yeah, it's one of those... I keep... You have, you have to, to hear his line delivery. It's so... Oh, hi, oh. Mark. Oh, hi. not hit her. It's not true. It's bullshit. I did not hit her. I did not. Oh, hi, Mark. Oh, hey, Johnny. What's up? He manages to make oh, hi a catchphrase. <laughs> Oh, hi, doggy. Hi, doggy. Nobody's ever been able to figure out where what his nationality is. Oh, hi, Austin. Yeah, exactly. I mean, nobody's been able to figure out anything about him. It's a mystery. It's, this is just, it's such a, an amazingly weird character. But mm. you can't take your eyes off of him. Mm-mm. And there, then there's the little motifs throughout the film. The football. No. Oh. And the tuxes, but that's, I think that's one scene rather than... Yeah, that's just one scene. <laughs> Most of the movie is uh, just these guys standing around tossing a football back and forth from five feet. Which they call playing football. That's it. Dude. Yeah. That's it. Even... That's all these guys do. Then there's, then there's the one time while they're tossing fo- football that the uh, friend Mark tells the amazing story about a woman who got who was cheating on uh, her boyfriend with a bunch of guys and he beat her up so bad. She's in the hospital. Oh God. And then he says, ha ha ha. That's an interesting story, Mark. When do you get such stories? Yeah. It's like, what? That's not how you react to that. No human reacts that way to that story. No, Uh. there's, there's, there's just, there's that continual theme throughout the movie of -hmm. just nobody talks like that. You don't understand anything, man. Leave your stupid comments in your pocket. 
Watch the flower shop scene online. Oh. You can get it on YouTube. It's 30 seconds. It is the weirdest scene I've ever seen in a movie. Exactly. I, sh- I showed that to the friend I recommended it to after after uh, we both got home. I sent it to him. He's like, yeah, I watched that. It's weird. It's like he said, um, it's like he just said, okay, it doesn't matter what order the lines are in, just say them. And that's what, again, that's what makes this movie fascinating. It's been described online as biofascination, but it's really not biofascination for me. No. It's a genuine curiosity about how did this come to be. Yeah. One of my first thoughts was because because the first half of the film has, like, what, four or five sex scenes in it? Yeah. Like, they're not real explicit, they're kind of softcore, but at the same time... Um, like my first reaction to this film was, is this a failed porno? Like they they start off trying to make one and then it just turned into uh, something else. That was Walter's else. theory. Yeah, exactly. It's hard not to think that because the sex scenes are just so baffling. It's like they are, and they're <laughs> they're also so front loaded. The movie begins with them bam 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 bam. No pun intended. It is baffling. It is baffling. I mean, you're just watching it going. Why was this thought to be a good idea? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Like, what what was going through his like? What's his point? Is his point, you know, life sucks. You know, is his like? I I think the tagline for the movie poster is um, "Trust no one" or something. Or who can you trust? That's it. Who can you trust? You know, because the the care is quote-unquote character is like a very loving, trusting guy uh, who's betrayed by his lover and his best friend and I don't know, I guess everybody at that one party. Everybody betrayed me. I fed up with his world. And we also notice the fact that the best friend completely gets away with the cheating. It's like nobody ever puts his feet to the fire. No. It's true. Like, he... Like, he kind of does, I guess. You know, with his... Don't touch me, motherfucker. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, I yeah. I mean, there is that thing at the end where they're all kind of crying over his... Like, okay, spoiler alert, because the spoiler doesn't really matter. He kills himself at the end. Yeah, it, it literally does not... Could not matter less, because there has to be a plot for something to matter. Exactly. This is not the prestige we're spoiling here. Right. But yeah, there's... Yeah, there's a... Only one scene after that where they discover his body and, like, the three main supporting cast, Lisa, Mark, and, uh, Denny. Poor Denny. Poor Denny. He's, he's kind of the odd, odd man out. I mean, not that this movie is tightly plotted in any way, but, you know, he could have not been there and it wouldn't have mattered. Yeah. He's only there to show how generous, uh, uh... Tommy Wiseau's character is. Yeah, it doesn't matter what you call him. He's Tommy Wiseau. He's Tommy Wiseau, yeah. Because I, you know, because his name, the character's name does escape me. It's Johnny. It's Johnny. Johnny, Tommy. What's the difference? Yeah. Um, Oh, I'm having cats here. Yeah, that's okay. There's a dog over here. Balance! (laughs) But, I mean, it's just, it's amazing to me. Yeah, getting back to that scene, though, yeah. I mean, uh, they're just sitting there, crying over his corpse. 
And then I think she at one point, or he, like, this is your fault. <laughs> uh, Takes two tango, fella. Exactly. And I mean, it's just, uh, you know, getting back to the sex scene, there's one thing that has to be observed, which is in the scenes between the uh, Wiseau and uh, the girl, it's very obvious that he's screwing her belly button. <laughs> it's true. And I've read that apparently this is because uh, Wiseau insisted upon being naked on set <laughs> while filming those scenes. So he literally had to do it for keep it, it from being real. <laughs> yeah. That's oh, worth knowing. The actress was 19 when she did that movie. Ew, really? How old is Tommy? He's 47. Got... Really? Yep. Oh my god, this this makes that movie creepier. Yeah, I love that. I love that. That's what it takes to make it creepier. I think he was either. Yeah, he was almost certainly 47. Wow. Which there's just so many questions about this movie. I mean, mm-hmm. it's got to be noted that. In contrast to some other movies that we're going to bring up a little bit later on in the cast, this is mm-hmm. a very professional-looking movie. Yeah, it look it looks good. It's it's shot, it's lit pretty well. I mean, it's not it's good sense. Exactly. I mean, it's not you know artistically done in any way, shape, or form. But I mean, it's it looks decent. The ADR work is pretty well. It's pretty bad, but that's yeah, one thing. It is. And the green screen work in the film is atrocious. Yeah. But you know, at least it, at least, at least it feels vaguely competent in some areas. Yeah, like uh, everyone around Tommy kind of knew what they were doing. Maybe, maybe the actors kind of, the other actors. They did, by all accounts. Everybody involved in the film outside of it did know. Yeah. Exactly what they were doing. Yeah. Like, I mean, I haven't even gotten into one of the weirdest parts, which is, at one point, a uh, character, uh, at one point, a character leaves the film completely, and another character pumps up immediately thereafter, filling his role. Okay, was it, is it that one guy, the me underwears yeah. guy? Well, Claudette, she saw it sticking out uh-huh. of my pocket. So uh-huh. She pulls it out, mm-hmm. and she's uh, showing everybody me underwears. You must be kidding, underwear. I got the picture. Yeah, I don't know what to do. Yeah. That's life. Yeah. yeah. What were we talking about? <laughs> I believe the sex scenes. The sex scenes, yes. Gotta talk about the sex scenes. Okay, they are profoundly unsexy, to say the least. Oh, yeah. I do, I do feel bad for the actress who plays Lisa, because she's a very normal-looking girl. Yeah. Like, she's not unattractive in any way. But... but... She's certainly not what they what they make her out to be. No, they I... make her out to be Helen of Troy in this movie, which is funny because she's a terrible, unlikable human being who you can't stand to be around for five minutes. Like I think there's a scene where um, uh, she comes out, she's dressed her party dress, and Mark is just like, "Whoa!" I think it's all uh, like music's playing, and you know, just yeah. The... The here's an extremely attractive girl. It's like okay, it's just the way she's looked the entire movie. I don't get it. Yeah, <laughs> I've I've seen my fiance go through far more remarkable 
transitions, getting ready to go to work at her former job at Walmart. Yeah. No, no, no. It's just not, it's not good. It's, it's not a good, it's just not good. There's so much wrong with this movie Mm -hmm. in that way. But again, these are all entertaining elements. Lisa's a terrible person, but she's fun to watch. (laughs) How many times in the film does she say, I don't want to talk about it? And she keeps talking about it. I don't want to talk about it. You don't want to talk about it. Then why did you bring it up in the first place? I don't know. You don't know. If you think I'm tired today, wait till you see me tomorrow. As yeah. the audience are going, yeah! Why her did you bring it up? Her mother's not any better than her. No. I mean, it's, they're all here. Again, there's nobody likable in the movie. There's not a single good person in the movie. Right. It's it's like, and the baffling thing is, you know, even though he's, you know, treating her like a princess... You know, she Lisa keeps telling her, uh, telling her mother all these horrible things that Johnny is doing to her, which of course aren't true. Like, you know, he hit me last night. He got drunk and hit me. Like, oh. And she keeps saying the same thing. It's like, well, you he need to stay drink. with them. Yeah, he doesn't drink. That's the other thing. You can't do anything. <laughs> you know, you can't get a job. That's right. What is it with mothers in bad movies and job advice? You, you uh, need to in stay Birdemic, with that's a running theme. It is. It's a nice segue, by the way. Segue into Birdemic. I was saying that I cannot recommend Birdemic in good conscience. No. No. Like, I I think I, you know, same friend I recommended The Room to yesterday. Uh-huh. I, uh, I said, well, I don't know if I can recommend Birdemic, but if you enjoy watching bad movies at all it's worth at least one watch it's it's nigh unwatchable you need to see it but you don't need to see it more than that right if that makes sense because whereas something like the room is always fascinating Mm. birdemic is two halves of a not very good movie yeah the first half is really kind of oddball and weird but it's oddball and weird in the way that it mangles a basic romantic comedy. Yeah, I mean, it's copying the birds. It's trying to copy the birds, note for note. Yeah, and the second half, that's where the second half comes in. Right. So, I mean, the first the first part of the birds, you know, is the same. Um, nothing really happens except the plot and then birds. But of course, you know, by that point, you kind of care about the characters. Yeah. And that's the failure, I think, on the Birdemic part. Yeah. Mm-hmm. With the Avengers, you actually had character work continuing all the way through. With, you know, and you mentioned the birds. There was character work going all the way through. Yeah. With Birdemic, when these special effects start up, plots, it's two different movies, and they don't work together. Yeah. Birdemic's not watchable. The quote-unquote special effects. These are like MS. We're not getting into the special effect or anything like that. <laughs> yeah, but it's it's notable though because they're like yeah. MS Word they're clip made... art birds. They are. But I guess that does bring us to Troll Two. Yeah, Troll Two is truly a soulmate to the room. Yeah, because they are both movies made with nobody, made by people who had no idea what a movie was. Yeah. 
Although it's weird because that one was actually written and directed by a filmmaker who just did not understand the American culture. Mm-hmm. And that's how we wound up with the movie that we wound up with. Yeah. And after after hearing what that movie was supposed to be about, you can kind of admire the effort. Yeah. Because they did try. Oh, how they it's, tried. And that's what makes Troll 2. Troll 2 is something you can watch and genuinely enjoy watching. I mean, it works to a small degree on the level it was intended to work on. Yeah. The room works on the opposite level of the level it was intended to work on, but it's still gripping and it's still fun. These are bad movies that I enjoyed. Birdemic just fails because I just really did not give a shit what was going on. No, and it kind of it relies on that. The the second half is boring. It is horribly boring and the whole thing is very ham fisted. You tell people that it's a bunch of horribly horrible looking bird attacks and you know, that sounds fun. Mm-hmm. And that's the most incompetently made disaster movie ever. That sounds fun. And it mm-hmm. is for a ten minute YouTube reel. And yeah. the it just drags. It's just here here's how the second half goes. Um it's like we're gonna shoot these birds. Alright, now we're gonna hit the road. Gonna go to this gas station, I guess stuff happens there. And another random bird attack and I guess they find people and drag them along. Like kids or something like that. Yeah. And they talk to this expert uh, that they just randomly find on a bridge and he tells them his theory on what's going on but it doesn't matter yeah and it's uh, that's the point that is the point where I just like I want to kill myself this is it's, awful <laughs> it's it's an agonizing film to sit through it, mm-hmm. it it's it's really sad that I'm not exaggerating when I say this mm-hmm. I think the lingerie shot in the uh lead up to the very clumsy sex scene <laughs> might be the best thing in the movie. Yes. That's Isn't... that's a scene that if it were an MST3K episode, that would be the stinger for that episode. Just the, how do I look? And then he clumsily like looks her up, looks her down, and then goes, it's you like, look great. <laughs> it's like, and the sad part about it is, it's not even like the actress was like, B-movie attractive. She's a genuinely pretty girl. She is. Enjoy it. Damn it. <laughs> I don't know. It's just... I mean, I, I think we really kind of hit on something, which is you have to want to watch movies like these. Mm-hmm. The Room is watchable. It's fun to watch. It's an entertaining film. It's one that I really enjoyed watching. Mm-hmm. Birdemic is just not. I mean, I don't know. Troll 2, I feel like I have to hesitate before saying very much about it, because there's already the documentary Best Worst Movie about it. Yes, exactly, which I highly recommend. I bought it before watching. I do not regret. That's one that I drove to Missouri to see. Exactly. Just to... And I don't regret it. It's it's very endearing. It makes everybody involved in the film, even the director uh, and his wife, who they both wrote it, it, they, it makes them endearing. It makes you like the movie. It makes yeah. you see that they tried. Yeah. It makes you appreciate it. Yeah. But it's, it, you know, and and the thing about it is Troll 2 is easy enough to get. It was on Netflix, not anymore. I think it's on Hulu. Oh, wow. 
It's yeah. easy to find, though. And it it's best worst movie is on Netflix, I'm almost certain. Mm -hmm. If not, it's worth looking for. It's a good movie. Uh, that's that's a case where okay that's a bad movie that I genuinely have affection for again there's also the sense that at least they were trying something mm -hmm. and I really do believe that with the room was so was trying yeah he just failed I mean he just failed badly he had it's it's like he had something to say but it was as garbled as the way he talks yeah it's like, I know he has something to say, I just don't have any idea what the hell it is. <laughs> it's very misogynistic, too. Yeah, it is. Because, like, the, the only female characters in there, and the only prominent female characters are horrible people. Yeah, it's not particularly good to men, either, you know? No, this is true. This is true. But it's just... It, but it's one of those things, it's not a, even a... But it's gotta be said, it's not a misogynistic movie like The Wicker Man, where yeah. you're just astonished it, it doesn't actively hate women it just kind of passively hates women yeah yeah because like the wicker man is a movie where i'm amazed a major studio put money behind that and, we're, and of course we're talking about the nicholas cage remake not the original christopher lee movie no the original the original movie is known to be a classic so yeah that's one we can recommend i haven't seen it but it's known to be a legendary film right I mean, this this though, and and it's it's my fault that I haven't seen it. My brother was a big fan. Uh, yeah. This remake is a is atrocious. I have seen it. Um, it's worth noting that The Wicker Man, uh, The Room, Troll Two, and Birdemic have all been riffed. Um, uh, Wicker Man was uh, two of the guys. Uh, Troll Two sadly was not all three of them. Yeah, Troll 2 was, like, Mike and a guest. A Troll get... 2, you're better off just watching Unrift. Uh, the Room does have an excellent riff tracks, but <laughs> watch it first without them. Yeah. Um, the official riff tracks blurb actually recommends that you watch it before Unrift first. Because it is that entertaining. Yeah. One thing I would say is that uh, with Birdemic, don't watch it Unrift. Mm, no, you you will not survive. I tried. I, got... I did. I did it, but it was it was hell. Mm -hmm. It was pulling teeth to get there. Mm -hmm. I uh, I mean the that's 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 one of the few movies that I've watched the riff tracks of that I have seen unriffed before, and it just ugh. New Moon and Titanic were the other ones. But Titanic didn't really count, because Titanic's actually a film I quite like. And that's another thing I should bring up, uh, speaking of Titanic, is the fact, was it just me, or did the kid who played Denny look like a young Leonardo DiCaprio, minus every <laughs> bit of talent that DiCaprio has? Now that you mention it, it kind of does. Like young, punchable DiCaprio. I'm not talking present day, you know, willing to ugly himself up for a movie, DiCaprio. Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, hey, you behave. Sorry, Chihuahuas acting up. Well, once again, I know how Chihuahuas act. I know how they be. I've got kitty. I've got kitties surrounding me. Mm -hmm. They, they is cute kitties too, by the way. But 
I mean, I just, I don't know. I, I look at the room. I mean, I, I, I guess we're kind of coming to some kind of a conclusion about the room. Yeah. I just, I don't know. What a weird, remarkable object it is. Yeah. It's it's worthy of study. It's one that every once in a while, like, I don't seek out bad movies too often. Um, like I kind of do because you know, yeah, an MST3K fan. But but this is one that I w- could watch over and over, and I do every once in a while. I'll just say I want to watch the room, and I'll pull it out and just watch it. But I think that that kind of gets to another question though, which is, is it really a bad movie then? not conventionally good i guess it's good but for bad I mean, reasons. it's not conventionally good but it good for the wrong reasons yeah i'll take that maybe. i think that's the best way of putting it i, I, I bring the question up because that's really the central question of the movie best worst movie mm-hmm. although the more that i think about it, the more that i think pearl 2 works on exactly the level that they set out for it to work it's just that it's kind of an unexpectedly strong one I guess we should. I guess we should just kind of wrap this up, just because Skype is giving me so many problems. Yeah, we should. We've. I think we've covered a lot of ground, though. We have. We have. And uh, we. Uh, this may not be the first. Ca- we. We. This cast may be heard. It may be heard later on down the road when it's edited. Right. But uh, our next topic will be. Uh, we're going to look back to another ten years old movie. And this time we're going to talk about, it's going to be another bad movie, but it's going to be one that's going to give us some fertile ground to talk about, because neither one of us will have discussed it before we see it. We're going to watch Gigli and discuss it. That's right, Gigli. And with it, we're going to study what's the difference between a movie like The Room, a bad movie like that, and a truly bad Hollywood film. Right. There's a huge difference. Yeah, because one thing we didn't bring up was that The Room is an independent movie. It was fun. It was, a, it's Wiseau Films all the way. As are all the films that we uh, discussed on this. Uh, yeah, actually, yeah. Pretty much. Uh, so what? those are outsider films. We're going to look at an insider film. And right. frankly, I hate the insider films so much more. <laughs> yeah, because so we're they gonna should look back know better. At, hopefully in two weeks. Yes. Most definitely. They should know better. So we're going to look back uh, in a few weeks. Uh, I've, we're going to be bi-weekly at first, but we're going to get started. Mm-hmm. So okay. I'm Austin Shin. I'm Albert Wilfong. And this has been The Film Room.
Danny, do you have something else to do? I just like to watch you guys. <laughs>